Christ is risen. He is risen indeed. Alleluia. In the name of Jesus. Amen. Dear saints of God, Jesus seems to be up to two things after his resurrection. The first is simply showing his disciples and his followers that he's alive. He walks with them, shows them his face, eats with them, speaks to them, shows them his hands, and and even shows them his side, the wounds of their salvation. We had this in the Gospel text. Jesus is standing there before Thomas a week after Easter. That would be today. Thomas was the only one that Jesus hadn't appeared to because when he was there a week before, uh, uh, Thomas wasn't there. And Thomas said, I won't believe unless I, like you guys, see his hands and his side. And so Jesus shows it to him. Peace be with you, he says. And then he says to Thomas, put your finger here and see my hands. And put out your hand and place it into my side. Thrust would be a better translation. Thrust it into my side. Do not disbelieve, but believe. And Thomas answers him, my Lord and my God. Jesus says, have you believed because you have seen? And then Jesus has this blessing for us. Blessed are those who have not seen and yet have believed. I didn't pay much attention to the cover of the bulletin until just a few minutes ago. In most of the ancient paintings, it's a bit gruesome of this scene where Jesus is actually taking Thomas's hand and putting it into his side where the spear was so that Thomas... Thomas can feel the body of Jesus, his resurrection. And Jesus is, in all of these different ways, proving, without a doubt, without question, he's proving his resurrection, which is, dear saints, the historical fact upon which everything in the church is built. Jesus was raised. His body did not stay in the tomb. It received back his soul and perfected and united the body and soul of Jesus come out of the grave and they are united in life forever and ever and ever. This is the first thing Jesus is doing. He's he's showing himself raised to his disciples and to his followers. The second thing that Jesus is doing In these 40 days that extend from his resurrection to his ascension to the right hand of God is what we'll spend the rest of the time considering here. For Jesus is establishing, in a lot of ways, the the sacraments of the New Testament, the sacraments of his church. Now, we know the Lord's Supper was already established. It was on Monday, Thursday that we had this, the night when Jesus was betrayed, the night before he died on the cross, that he gave over to his disciples his last will and testament that would take effect upon his death. Take and eat, this is my body. Take and drink, this is the New Testament in my blood, shed for you for the remission of all of your sins. But after the resurrection, Jesus is going to put in place two other practices baptism and the absolution. First, regarding baptism, right before Jesus ascends into heaven, he says to his disciples these words, he who believes and is baptized shall be saved, Mark 16, 16, and from Matthew 28, all authority in heaven and on earth has been given unto me. Go therefore and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit and teaching them to observe all that I have commanded you. And behold, I am with you always to the end of the age. Jesus, after the resurrection, sends the church out to baptize all the world. 
And he gives the gift of the absolution. This is from the words of our gospel text in John 20. Jesus said to them again, Peace be with you. Jesus is always talking about peace. As the Father has sent me, even so I am sending you. And when he had said this, he breathed on them and said to them, Receive the Holy Spirit. If you forgive the sins of any, they are forgiven them. And if you withhold forgiveness from any, it is withheld. And better for that is, if you retain the sins of any, they are retained. This is the absolution. The word of the forgiveness of sins. The simple declaration, your sins are forgiven. And with the words here in the text, Jesus sends his apostles out to baptize and to absolve, to forgive sins. It's simply wonderful that, 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 that if Jesus has done this, all for us. For I would dare to say that if Jesus had not done these things, if he had not said these things, if he had not established these things, the gift of baptism and absolution, then, dear saints, his cross and his resurrection would mean nothing for us. They would do us no good. Now, that's a pretty bold statement, so we have to ask why. That that if Jesus had not given the absolution and he had not given baptism, then the cross does us no good. And here's a way to explain it. Let's imagine that you are going to plant a garden, a pretty big one. So you till the ground, you, you get the soil just right, you go to the Home Depot and you buy your seeds and you put them in the ground, and so everything's ready to go. But here's the problem. Your garden is in the desert, and there is no hope for rain. So you stand back and you look at your garden in the desert and you see that there is no life in it at all. In fact, as far as you can tell, the seeds and the ground and everything is dead. Uh, If you don't get water to the garden, it will stay dead. And the problem is exasperated by the fact that you don't have any way to get any water. There is no hope then for your garden, except for this. Your brother, your older brother, happens to be an expert at digging wells and finding water in the desert. It's kind of convenient, isn't it? (laughs) So he comes to have a look at things, and he determines that about five miles north of your garden, if he digs down a well a thousand feet deep, he'll find water. And so he goes and he does it. He digs the well, puts in the pump and the pump house and the generator, and he gets the water there to the surface. And it's right there for you. But it's still not fixed, is it? For this pump house is still five miles from your garden, and it doesn't do you any good there. Dear saints, this is how it is with us and the cross of Jesus. His blood, his death and resurrection, is the pump house. And we are the garden. The salvation that he wins for us is the living water, but we can't get back to it. We can't go through time to get to the foot of the cross and to stand underneath it. And even if we could, it wouldn't matter. It wouldn't help us. 
There's four, there's four guards that stand at the foot of Jesus, and only one of them, as far as we know, confesses his faith. There was hundreds, maybe thousands of people who walked by our Lord Jesus as he hung on the cross and, and mocked him or scorned him or turned their head away from him. Being there at the foot of the cross did them no good. No, no, there has to be a way for the Lord to get that cross his blood, his death, and his resurrection from that hill, Golgotha, on which he shed it almost 2,000 years ago, and get it to us. And that's precisely what he does after his resurrection. If you have this garden five miles from the well, then you can do a lot of things. You can dig an irrigation ditch, or you can lay down a pipe, or you can go to the store and get a bucket, or whatever it is, and you bring the water from the well to the garden. And this is what Jesus is doing when he rises from the dead, when he walks out of the grave. He is making sure that there is a way to deliver his mercy and his love and his forgiveness from the cross to you. And that, dear saints, is precisely what baptism is. It's precisely what the Lord's Supper is. It's precisely what the absolution is. It's Jesus' appointed means of delivering to you his mercy, his love, his cross, his life, and death and resurrection, his forgiveness, his kindness, his smile. He doesn't want it to stay back there. He doesn't want it to be hidden from you. He wants it to be for you in your ears and on your forehead and in your mouth and in your heart that your sins are forgiven. Our friend Martin Luther teaches this with a fantastic clarity that's worth heeding. He says this, We treat the forgiveness of sins in two ways. First, how it is achieved and won. And second, how it's distributed and given to us. Christ has achieved it on the cross, it's true, but he has not distributed it, distributed it, it there on the cross. He's not won it in the Lord's Supper or in the sacraments. There he has distributed and given it through the Word, as also in the Gospel, wherever it is preached. He has won it once for all on the cross, but the distribution takes place continually, before and after, from the beginning to the end of the world. Now that is simply wonderful. Beautiful. Jesus finished the work of salvation on the cross. It is finished was his cry of victory. The work was done. The, the price for redemption was paid. The atoning for sins was complete. It was finished. But the Lord is not finished getting that forgiveness and mercy and love, getting that victory to us. And this is why he sent the Holy Spirit. Why he sent the apostles and the church to preach the gospel and baptize and absolve and eat and drink his body and blood. For in these things Jesus Christ our Lord, risen from the dead, is present giving out his cross, his forgiveness, his eternal life. 
for forgiveness and eternal life belong to the Lord Jesus. And He can do with them whatever He wants, whatever He pleases, and He is pleased, dear saints, to give them these things to you. This, by the way, is exactly what the church is. The church is nothing more than the established place for the distribution of these gifts. If you took away this altar and what happens here, and and this font and what happens there, and that lectern and this pulpit, then this room would simply be a very fancy warehouse. But with this altar and with this font and with that lectern and this pulpit, this becomes the distribution point of the Lord's heavenly gifts of life and salvation. And so it is that we gather on Sundays the day of the Lord's resurrection, and really every day, so that the risen Lord Jesus would deal with us according to his mercy, according to his cross and empty tomb. And when he does that, when he baptizes us, and when he feeds us his body and his blood, and when he forgives us all of our sins, he is giving to us his resurrection. When he treats us in this way, we know that we too will one day step out of our grave. We know that sin and death have as much dominion over us as they do over Jesus. And we know when he deals with us according to his mercy and his absolution and his kindness that we too will have life that lasts forever and ever and ever. Jesus is risen from the dead and he brings that victory to us today and every day. So, dear saints, hear now again with joy the victory of Jesus' resurrection for you. As a called and ordained servant of the word, I announce the grace of God unto all of you. And in the stead, and by the command of my Lord Jesus Christ, I forgive you all your sins. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Christ is risen. He is risen indeed. Hallelujah. Amen.